everybody. Good evening. Thank you for being here. Um, as you know, uh, we've been working through, and I'll say this for the folks on um, online uh, who may be tuning in for the first time or may be returning to us as well. Um, we're here to continue the work of looking at um, our district, not only from a redistricting analysis perspective, but also a process where we lead to some recommendations that we want to ultimately provide to school committee that are thoughtful and consider um, all the variables. And this particular group have uh, provided a lot of feedback along the way. Last meeting, uh, we've incorporated the feedback to share back out today to continue to move this work forward and really try to look at what's the best decision for our district and tee that up so that um, we can continue the work. I'll get into some of the timeline pieces so that we can be clear about what are the next steps, but I just wanted to open up with that for everybody here. Um, today, we're gonna cover, again, we're gonna revisit our redistricting expectations. When we first started this work, if you remember that email you received where you volunteered to be a part of this committee, we talked about purpose, what we were doing. We talked about uh, the goal by the end of the year and how we, we, we would get there and the meetings that, and the commitment, the time commitment that it would entail. Um, we'll give you an update on the timeline, just to let you know on some of the dates that have been solidified that will be communicated out with the greater community around um, engagement opportunities. And then also, um, we have a story map review, which I, said, which I mentioned already, incorporates some of the feedback and possibilities that were referenced and um, worked on through AppGeo and as well as this group. And, then, uh, and also some of the emails we received from the community as well with some of the questions. And then we'll open it up, um, as we do, to create an opportunity for further processing. Our goal in these is to kind of take the feedback, bring it back to the table, have another round of um, input, and then ultimately try to continue that cycle. And then we'll talk about some of the next steps. So that's our purpose today. Do you want to hit the? Thank you. Do you want to get up and on here? Sure. Yep. So based off of the feedback that we've heard from all of you, the emails that we've received, um, I felt like there was something that may have been missed as part of the process. And I wanted us to re-communicate really what the expectations are, what we're doing, just so that folks are clear, um, and just to really clear the air and, and, and avoid any kind of misconception and false pretenses. Um, so what is redistricting? So just kind of back to what this is, and this is really around the redrawing of the district boundaries. So um, using that to be able to create equitable uh, school districts and make sure that we're focused on making sure that there's balance across the board, there's equity across the different schools. Um, so one of the things that we can just click the next thing. One of the things that we wanted to get out of this are um, really this is just an analysis. We're looking to see what are our options, and based off of these options, what we wanted to do is look to see what made the most sense for the town and have something that the space needs committee could provide to the school committee as a recommendation move forward. So it's not necessarily. Um, when we're doing things, it's really what are our options to do. Um, so it's really the, the what of this work. Um, and I feel like one of the things I've heard um, as reading emails, people are combining the what, the when, and the how all at once. And, and this really is what are we doing, right? And that's, that's the first thing, and it's, it's multiple pieces. So I don't think we can say, based off the analysis work that we have here, we're done. There's, there's more work to come as we define the what. Um, as part of this work, um, 
This is a way to keep all of us engaged and get feedback from a large audience. So that's why we extended this to <coughs> that's why we extended this to a very large group, um, so that we can have the most possible voices that we can. That's from a device diverse background, from educators, from families, from psychologists, um, various groups, just to make sure that we heard different perspectives because it's not something that we can do in a vacuum. Um, from there, this would go to the school committee who ultimately has that final say in terms of do we adopt this recommendation or do we reject this recommendation. So the work that we're doing here is just an analysis and a recommendation, but not necessarily of a definitive, this is what we're doing. The, the seven members of the school committee would be the ones that would vote to determine which way we go. Um, if we move to move forward, that's when the phase in comes in from a timing perspective in the, the when and the how. So once again, right now we're just at the what phase. The when, the how, really determines on what we're doing and um, what makes sense. And I think that's really when we're digging into that phase there. Um, so what's in scope? So leveraging really what we have from the existing facility standpoint. So the five elementary schools that we have, the three middle schools, the one high school which is not necessarily impacted um, by this work since we're not changing high schools, obviously. Um, but that's what we're looking at is what's in scope. And I think when we've heard of different scenarios, of different possibilities, some of that may have been outside the, the larger scope of the redistricting because that involves larger powers that be beyond this subcommittee. Um, <clears throat> we're assessing our enrollment, so that's where we pulled in AppGeo, so looking at enrollment currently and what's to come, so making sure that we know uh, what we're working with and what, um, what, is, what we should anticipate, and then um, just really engaging the public, so you is the first step with part of this committee, but then also the public forums that will happen in the coming weeks to get additional feedback to, to really kind of um, round out the recommendations that are being presented forward. Uh, what's not in scope are things that I, I wanted to call out because it, it kind of came in our last meeting, um, since I'm right here, um, <laughs> in terms of the closure of schools. Um, that's, that's bigger than this committee here. Um, we're charged with redrawing the, um, the town boundaries, but whereas if we wanted to do a closure of school, that's, that's requiring a school closure study that's a little more involved than what we've, we've signed up for as of right now. Um, if you think back to the closure of Davis there, um, there was a closure study as that part of that process, so that's, that's kind of something that would have to happen, um, not just redistricting. And the last one was around the master facilities plan. I feel like when we first started this um, last year, we understood that there would be a master facilities plan, and the need of the, the creation of that master facilities plan is actually at the town level, not necessarily at the school level. Um, we'll participate with that and provide feedback and guidance in terms of what we need, but ultimately that's a, that's a town level um, process that we'll, we'll abide and, and work with them and partner as good stewards of the town. Um, as you all may have heard, there is something being stood up for um, later on this year, which is like a 12 to 18 month process, which that was not necessarily in our radar at the start of this. Um, so that's kind of like out of scope. So I, I want you just to think through, or just be cognizant of, you know, if we need new schools, we need closed schools, that's like bigger than what we have here. Um, questions with that, or does that make sense? 
that are in DAD. Um, I, would, I would just add, just to contextualize this, um, I know that we'll talk later about the story map and kind of walk through, because I think we need to come back to the why we started this, right? And the goal, and one of them, one of the reasons was to look at potential, um, we needed to, first of all, analyze. We closed an elementary school, right? And we moved students to another elementary school. We, um, we have a report out there from um, an architect that had looked at and examined our buildings, didn't take into account our specialized programs across the district, and we needed to come back to this table and start to analyze where we have kids, what are, what's our enrollment, what does it look like as we kind of live through these next years, and um, in order to do that, you have to go through a process. So I just want to kind of bring it back to this is where we, we haven't done a redistricting since 2001. Um, actually, when uh, Andy Sullivan and Keller um, were first, when it was first built, actually, and it wasn't Andy Sullivan even at the time. The folks have been around long enough. So um, I just want to contextualize that. And I think what I heard Al say was, if there are recommendations that come forth that are like, you know what, the idea of redistricting doesn't make sense if we're talking about a larger plan, um, in order to go through this analysis, we needed to arrive at maybe there are recommendations out there that require more. I think that's what I heard you say, um, but ultimately, that's the charge of this group is, what does it look like if you do this work? We needed to know that because the numbers, we needed to make sure we are very clear on what we have for space. So I just want to kind of bring it back. And then the second part of that is, okay, with that information, if there's anything, like we talked about, there was a bit of a segment of our meeting where we went into kind of like, in the Marines, we call that like the sandbox mode, where we start to think about how it could look. We also have a report and a study that was done that has a lot of information in it. So it's like when you start to go down those roads, some of those require further analysis. And I think what's caused uh, me to be really thoughtful about this process is around all those possibilities are linked to um, change, um, anything that's re um, requiring a school closure, all those things require a lot of thoughtful analysis that I think the timeline and the scope of our work, I think that's what I heard Al say and then the rest of the group is really around what are we trying to do and we're trying to deliver at the end of this, what are the most feasible, thoughtful solutions and then what do we need to do moving forward. Each of those will have a different timeline depending on what, what goes across. So I'll stop there because we'll get into that a little further. So as part of sort of breaking down the process, oh, we've had quite a few meetings and they've all sort of built upon one another. So I tried to create, we tried to create a um, visual that outlines some of that. So after today's meeting, the um, the seventh, we're going to enter into the public input stage. So you guys have done, have done an outstanding job at sort of looking at some of the scenarios, providing your feedback, being critical, and um, providing that you know constructive criticism that we need prior to or towards really presenting to the community. Uh, so you guys have done a good job at you know going through that, working with us, and other folks sort of through that um, redistribution analysis email that have provided their thoughts and their um, concerns. Um, so once we go into our public stage input, that'll be sort of like the, the what we've been working towards this whole time is sort of presented to the community, and then the community will have opportunities to also engage um, and ask questions. Um, in, a, in a larger format, we're going to have community forums on the um, March 7th and March 13th. Uh, I want to make that very clear, they're going to be the exact same meetings. So they're going to be oppor uh, two opportunities for folks to um, show up, ask questions, learn a little bit more, uh, and look at some maps in greater detail. Uh, so 
I want to just make sure that that's on everyone's radar, that those are some opportunities. So if anyone uh, from this meeting sort of has any questions, we'll be putting out some additional information about the community forums and other educational opportunities uh, as, we, as we sort of go into this next phase uh, with the public input. And then I, once we do the community forums, uh, we'll sort of close the loop back with this group, look at sort of the um, some of the feedback from the forums, uh, provide comment on that as well, and sort of as a group sort of look towards, you know, as we look forward to the, the presentation, presentation stage that FGO and the uh, school district will do with school committee. Um, then we move to stage six, which is the vote, which sort of reinforces what um, some of the, what Al was um, saying earlier about like the timeline for the process. So this is the analysis process, and then sort of the decision portion of that comes more towards the vote and sort of looking at what, with taking into consideration the scenarios that we presented and worked through, how does that look going forward? And we're not really going to know until we get there. And one thing just to add, so between steps four, four uh, the advisory committee meeting five and stage five, really that's when the space needs committee will come together look at what is the best proposal to bring up to the school committee. So um, while it's not depicted there, that's like the working session, but ultimately the school committee presentation and vote would determine, okay, what are we doing, um, but not necessarily the when. So um, hopefully this helps kind of put it all together because I feel like there are people that are thinking that this is happening sooner than later, this is a done deal, but this is really kind of the, the what and once we get past this, we'll talk about now what makes sense from a when perspective based off of whatever scenario is that final one presented to that school committee. All right, so with that being said, um, Priya, I'll bring up the story map. Yep. All right, can you see that? Yep, I can see it. Perfect. Uh, so um, just to um, share with you, this, of course, is very much like the um, uh, slide decks that you've been seeing so far. We've just put it in the story map format. So um, that, you know, then this is what we can share with the community as well. I mean, I can see there's several of you there. Um, there are 68 participants on this webinar, so uh, it's really kind of sharing it with the community to some ex uh, some extent. Um, so, you know, again, this is sort of repeating a lot of things that have been on the slides. What are the project goals and objectives? Um, what is redistricting? Sort of putting it out there if people are not familiar with what this project is about. Um, why redistrict? Again, you know, you've seen this. You know, the the different phases as to why we're redistricting. Um, you know, when was the last effort? A lot of this, the stuff that um, Al and uh, Lucas just went over. Um, and then in the analysis timeline, now this is a little different from your, you know, larger timeline. This is just for this project, what the timeline was. Uh, you know, we started data gathering and processing in October. We did some demographic analysis. We've built and reviewed scenarios. And then um, the next will be community feedback. And then finally, uh, delivering the final map. So, um, that was our timeline. And then, of course, the guiding principles have also been laid out in the story map. Um, you know, what are the guiding principles about? And then listing them out and explaining each one of them. Um, geographic proximity, um, instructional building capacity, 
um, uh, balanced enrollment, um, specialized programs and taking them into account, uh, minimizing impact to individual families, and then of course fiscal responsibility. So all these were sort of the guiding principles, um, you know, helping us figure out what scenarios make sense. So what we're going to show you today is kind of three. Hey, Priya. Priya. Sorry. Sorry. Can yeah. I just interject real quick about the guiding principles? Because um, one thing I think is, is kind of contradictory. How do you do redistricting while minimizing impact to families? I think this is in terms of in comparison to all of the different options that we can do, are we looking at the ones that are hitting as many of the goals and guiding principles as possible while minimizing the impact as best? Because there could be a scenario where um, if we just say, like, I've seen some examples where we move only one component. And while that would minimize and have the least impact holistically, does it hit any of the other guiding principles? Possibly not. It may not be a long term. So that's like kind of how we're, we're looking at it. It's not necessarily nobody gets moved. Um, it's looking at how do we do what's best for the whole while impacting the least as much as possible. So that's why it's kind of, it's, it's conflicting, but it's, it's, it's one of those things that it's not about necessarily the, how much movement it's about. Are there other movements that would cause more um, that while also hitting these same guiding principles? Hopefully that kind of helps and puts it together. Um, sorry, Priya. Yeah, please feel free to interject at any point. Um, um, and then we've also listed out some key terms, which uh, all of you are quite familiar with, but you know, the general public, it would be helpful to have it out here. This is sort of in a draft form. There are still some edits that need to be done. So, um, you know, we put this together and I haven't had the opportunity to really, uh, you know, uh, edit it perfectly. So this is this is the general outline and framework that you'll see when we share this up with the public. So, um, uh, and then of, of course, there's also um, a little bit about how to use the story map for people who aren't familiar. It's, there's a little bit of navigation involved. So there's some instructions on how to use the, how the, the map. Of course, most of the information you just scroll through, but once you get to the map section, um, it's helpful to see what you can do with it. Um, and then, you know, we've sort of summarized the recommendations um, of how we've presented this. And, um, you know, essentially, uh, I'm going to just lay it out there. Um, after, after the last meeting that we had with you, um, there was a lot of discussion about, you know, closing schools and which schools to remove to and how, you know, how do we realign schools. That seemed to be the direction a lot of you were taking. And so uh, we went back to the um, working group. We looked at, uh, you know, the scenarios that we had. Uh, we added projection numbers to them as well and also looked at how many students were getting affected in those scenarios. And um, what we decided to do as a working group was actually present these three options to you and to the community is um, to consider. And the first option would essentially be make no changes, but just keep it as everything as it is and present I mean, and undertake a facilities master planning exercise. So that would be uh, sort of, you know, one option, just do nothing. And the second option is pick a redistricting scenario. And we've picked one which most of you sort of seem to um, 
you know, lean towards. And uh, we looked at, um, and you know, of course, there the stress is. I mean, looking at the guiding principles, it would meet the um, you know balancing enrollment. It meets the geographic proximity, um, and then some of the others when it comes to affected students. So you know, families getting affected it would not meet that as much. So um, there definitely were some, some uh, you know, uh, uh, you had to give something to get that out, the, that redistricting scenario. And of course, you know, the key thing as well, and I'll again let Lucas and I'll speak to this more, is that by, by picking um, a redistricting scenario, and by doing that right now, which would have to be implemented essentially for next school year, um, you know, you're not assuring that you have made the, um, you, you're utilizing all your facilities in the most efficient way. Um, so you still undertake the facilities master plan. And, um, you know, you might see a situation where you might have to redistrict again after the facilities master plan is put in place. So that's something to think about. And then finally, um, we thought that you know, given that that Davis Theater was closed and Keller is over capacity at this point, what can we do to um, relieve that, that, you know, improve the utilization of Keller and Sullivan and um, come up with a solution that can be stopgap till, you know, the facilities master plan is done and then potentially redistrict in the future. And that option three is uh, essentially moving the fifth grade at Keller into a designated space in Sullivan, uh, but it wouldn't be moving fifth grade to Sullivan, just be using the space in Sullivan for fifth graders at Keller, and then also um, offering a buffer zone for the previous Davis Thayer components, some of those components where, you know, you would then, because you're so close to um, Oak, you could choose to go there. And this would be a special consideration, and, you know, that would need to be hashed out. Um, and then, of course, with all these options, undertaking the facilities master plan is really the key thing. And um, so, you know, we, uh, I'm going to go through each of these uh, with you, and you know, we can we can pause and look at the numbers carefully. But there are summaries for each of them, and uh, again, you know, there might be more uh, detail that we can add to those summaries. But um, uh, Lucas, Al, do you want me to keep going, or do you, should we pause and and um, and, and have anything else to say? Yeah, so I would say just the, the, the only thing is like what the facilities master plan, I think it, it comes down to um, because we go through this process doesn't mean that there's a guarantee that there will be a new school or anything. This is, we, we don't know until we go get through that process. So, um, but what we do know is as part of the facilities master plan, there would be a redistricting that would have to happen to do rebalancing as well. So something has to, occur, redistricting has to occur at some way, shape, or form. Um, it just comes down to what is it tied to um, and, and what. And I think those are the things that we don't know. Um, and, and what does that mean from an output from uh, what facilities that we're redistricting the students to? They could be the same ones after the facilities master plan. They could be different ones. Uh, I think that's, that's, a process. that's the, the, probably the biggest unknown at this point. Um, I'll just go back to um, the, the context of embarking in this work was about trying to really do our own analysis of where we are. Um, projections that were done were pre-COVID. We wanted to make sure we were in line. We closed the school. Um, we talked about 
here we are now, a few years later, what makes sense for the district, looking at the numbers and where we have students um, across the district at the elementary and the middle level. And ultimately, um, this process has led us and the data we have, we continue to have from, from the, what we'll see, the walkthrough, um, to help us kind of understand, even not just today, but in the future. Because ultimately, what we do know is we can see a trajectory where we have this many students, you see a decline, and then it crawls back up around 2029-ish. 20, if you've I've seen some head nods, it's 29:30. So the reality is, is any decision you make, meaning we or the school committee votes, but ultimately any any feedback you provide really should be done in the context of if you're here and it goes down and it goes back up in 2029, are you prepared at that point to continue to provide? Uh, enough suitable space for schools across the district. And I think that's part of the, the bigger idea from just a straight change some borders conversation. But we needed to go through this process and we need to continue to do that. So um, I think it's worth getting into some of the details unless you want. So Priya, let's move over to the current scenarios and maybe we talk about, because um, I feel like folks have seen what the current scenarios where we're at today. Mm -hmm. Um, but I don't think they've seen the projections of where we would be in 27. Correct, yes. So yeah, so these are all numbers that you've seen before, and then of course, you know, this link will be shared out with you so you can dig into it yourself. So yeah, this is where the projections come in. So you can see the numbers now um, for the projections and also the, the percent utilization um, for, given the projections. So I think, I think really it comes down to, in this scenario, um, because we're waiting until the completion of the master facilities plan, um, it would be depend on that and we'd be in a piece that it's a little bit worse than we are today and we'd have to kind of get that cared for um, in probably a shorter time frame. That utilization is where it would be in 2027? That is correct, yes. Does that include, because I believe it was mentioned at the previous meeting with Kennedy, there was a question if the modulars were going to be included in the count. So like now I understand it is, but is that included in the count in 27? Yes. Modulars. And then this is the middle school situation. And so now this is that scenario, and this is one that you have looked at. Um, um, you know. I know that these are all sort of numbers of like scenario one, two, three, but I, uh, this was the one that was, you know, we, we stayed away from, um, it sounded like people didn't like the um, breaking the feeder pattern. So this was the one where we attempted to balance the capacities. Um, we moved some components in, in most districts. Uh, so, you know, um, as a result, the main takeaways is balancing enrollment. Um, it is creating geographic continuity, so you can see how the the districts are. They're pretty nicely, you know, contiguous. Um, the you know Sullivan continues to be underutilized, and Parmenter and Keller show, you know, that 
concentration of um, economically disadvantaged students. And I think that's something that, you know, we can, it just sort of sticks around in most of the scenarios. 19% um, of the student body will get redistricted. So quite a, you know, large percentage is, you know, going to be moving in this scenario. And then the projected utilization is, is pretty high. So we can look at the numbers now and, um, Again, these numbers you've seen the, for the um, actual scenario, um, you can see the balancing that's happening uh, with Keller, you know, at 93%. Uh, with this scenario, you can see the, you know, the, the components that have, you know, been moved out of uh, um, Keller and Oak. Um, uh, so if you scroll down further, you'll see the uh, projections for this uh, scenario. Um, and this is, of course, middle school, the middle school um, enrollment and that utilization, where you see still Sullivan is low. But, you know, um, uh, this is because we didn't pick that breaking the feeder pattern option. So um, that's that's what happens here. Um, and then if you look at the projections, um, with the projections that, you know, you're sort of just about reaching capacity at Keller. Um, so there's still you know, there's still that concern as to what happens once you're projecting. Look at, you know, I want, I want to caution everybody that these are projections. This is not exactly what it's going to be like because there's just no way of knowing that. But we use the, you know, the best available data that we have and we use, you know, the current student locations as a stand-in. Um, so this is, you know, something to, to sort of, you know, evaluate the entire school district by. So this is what your, your projected numbers would be um, for that scenario if we went with that. Um, we also um, look at, um, of course, the, the middle school and what that utilization would be. You know, Sullivan continues to be low. Um, and then we also uh, share with you the numbers for um, actually how many students are affected um, for, for each of the schools and also totally how many students would be moving in this, uh, in this scenario. So you can see that you know um, that there is significant movement. Um, of course, you know you see that oak number being high because you know you're just essentially um, you know realigning them so that they're closer to the, the components that are closer to oak um, will be going to oak. Mm -hmm. But then the ones that yeah exactly where where um, Alice pointing the, the cursor, all of those um, are now going to now going to Keller. So you know sort of that that balancing and you know, the thinking of the proximity that, that makes this number pretty high. Um, and then um, I think um, essentially we can see the same thing for the middle school, how that gets affected as a result and how many students have to move there. Mostly Horace Mann and Sullivan get affected uh, in the And so this is the third one. I don't know, do we want to pause and take any comments on that one before we dive into this third option? Sure. Uh, so I guess questions for right now for the scenarios, or do you want to look at it individually at your laptops and then get questions, I guess? Yeah, okay. No hands. Okay, all right, so we'll continue on. Yeah, so this is, this is, the, this, this is sort of something new that you haven't seen before. Um, which we discussed at, the, at our last, you know, the working group meeting, where 
said, okay, let's try. If the, if the issue is Keller, why don't we try to reconfigure Keller and, um, and move the fifth grade to, to, um, to the space in Sullivan? So that's what, that's what this looks like. And then you can see on the map, there's that hatched area. And that's basically, you know, components that are so close to Oak that, um, you know, those students can have the option of going to Oak um, on a, you know, it, it, it sort of be on a first come, first serve basis. And of course, you wouldn't get transportation because you're down, you know, within walking distance of Oak potentially. So um, it's sort of, you know, we, we called it a buffer zone. You know, it can be on the map. It can't be said something that you know, the, the district would have to figure out and, and, and the school committee. Mm -hmm. But um, this now, what this does is that, you know, it's not making any major changes to students and families in the near term. Um, the Keller, you know, overutilization is being addressed and the Sullivan underutilization is being addressed with this with this um, reconfiguration of Keller. And the Davis Thayer students are given a choice. So, you know, you are, if you're close to Oak and um, you would like to go to Oak, you can do that. Again, of course, those details would need to be worked out. But this way, you know, you're sort of, I think, accommodating the Davis Thayer closing and all of them moving to Keller, all of the families moving to Keller, and how do you uh, accommodate that? So this sort of, you know, is a stopgap till all the schools, um, I mean, all the facilities have been, you know, evaluated for what their best, uh, you know, utilization is. And so we can look at the, the yeah. numbers. But, oh, so, hey, Priya, it's not, Priya yeah. so, so this would be like an interim step um, while that master facilities plan is being completed and, and a decision is made. Um, it doesn't mean that this is the end-all be-all because once that facilities plan is done, um, redistricting would have to happen, but this would be kind of a interim step um, while the unknowns are being discovered and finalized and, and what that end, end plan for the town of Franklin looks like from, from a facility standpoint. Can I just add one thing? This is not a change in educational model. So I know there was conversations around fifth grade and moving one fifth grade into the middle school to become the middle school. This is different. When you're in a complex, I just want to be clear, this is about like a wing or like a, a section of Annie Sullivan, but it's fifth grade teachers who report to fifth grade and follow a fifth grade schedule with element. Is that just for the purposes of this, just to be clear? That's what this means. It's not a change in, in, in model. And Mr. Jagir, just to, to for yep. how this differs from what's done now um, with the Davis there movement, it was moving more of like the offices and non-teaching spaces and using that in Annie Sullivan versus this is actual classrooms would be in the Annie Sullivan footprint um, with this work. Is that so? Just at a at a high level, it would be around trying to uh, group classrooms as needed in a wing, basically looking at the, if you think about Annie Sullivan, how it's set up um, in this concept, um, it would be around keeping those groups together, but literally um, within the complex, but connected to, to the center of where Keller is. The way the wings are, Annie Sullivan is three floors, basically, so you're looking at a left and right hallway, and that's all and, and those students would belong to Keller, they'd socialize with Keller, they'd travel, uh, the same schedule buses. It's everything. It's literally a hundred foot walk to the other side uh, where the two schools come together. In this model, that's how it's proposed. If the families in the buffer zone decided to go to Oak, where would they go to middle school? 
I think uh, one thing we talked about was if you commit to an elementary school, you would follow that same pattern. And the whole point was a family that chose to go to the school that's closer to their house, technically um, the middle schools that are in that feeder is, is that same concept. So the way this was processed and the way we discussed it was that. And one thing we didn't mention, I just want to put out there too, is anything that's presented to the school committee, I just want to be clear, they have, it's, it's ultimately their final decision. Any type of recommendation could be amended, could be, you know, could be looked at this scenario. So I just didn't want to make it sound like it's, they're limited to only vote on yes or no on what's presented, but there's also like a final, a final decision means final decision. So I meant to say that in the earlier segment, but I just want to make sure I get it out there, okay? Um, with the Davis Thayer families, if there is, is it only the students who currently would be what, third and fourth grade, obviously, is it only them? What if they have a child who is in kindergarten through second who clearly wasn't affected by mm -hmm. it or an incoming kindergartner? How would that? Well, I think those are the things that we have to process oh, okay. as we go down. Okay. This, these were, this was like, <coughs> collect the info from yeah. what we heard last meeting, come back to you all with some thoughts and try to put some data to what we heard and what seemed viable, because um, we have a working group that has to kind of look at all of these. And so that's what this means is where does that, what does that look like? Yes, sir. So uh, on your comment, and is it fair to say your comment regarding temporary, maybe you use the word temporary, but I'm using a temporary solution until such time that a facility plan is developed. Mm -hmm. And then your time this needs to be looked at again. That statement you made applies to pretty much every scenario. Is that a fair statement? Yeah, I would say, yeah, because ultimately we have to. Right, understood. Yeah, yeah. It applies to all three, all, all right. scenarios. If, if yes, short well, answer. You might have mentioned it, I missed it, I apologize. What's the anticipated timeline of the master's facilities plan? So from all that I've heard from the town is that they, right now they're gathering participants and they'll start at the end of the year, and it's a 12 to 18 month commitment. Gotcha. So I, I, beyond that, I don't know. No, no, it's yeah. fine, that, yeah. that's helpful. Um, Peter, is Peter part of the group? Is there a hand up? Yeah. Oh, sorry. It's okay. No, it, it, it popped up while you're speaking. So. Oh, okay. Um, let's see if Oh, you must have put it down then. Okay. Um, all right, so Priya, I think, our hands are down here. Feel free to continue on. Yeah, um, you know we can we can look at the, the numbers. Of course, I just um... and oh, and just before we get into the numbers, once again, because this is all about choice and, and from the DT families are close to Oak Street. We can't give you projections. We don't know who's going to say, yeah, I want to voluntarily move or not. So, I think this is this is all outside about that. that. Right. This, this is an this is an account for the that buffer area, um, but you know this is we've we've accounted for those fifth graders basically. That's what this does. So now you can look at the percent utilization, um, and that you know that balances um, Keller a little bit. And this is because we're getting that capacity officially from Annie Sullivan for classroom purposes and not specials or teachers that are doing their offices or, 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 or non-classroom classroom stuff, so. And, and you know, you can see the, the oak utilization 
it just sort of gives um, this, the district the flexibility of assigning um, anybody in those components to work because they're so close to the school and you know there won't be any concerns of uh, capacity at, at Oak. Uh, do we have one question? Yes. How many students are in that Papa area? Um, Priya, do you know off the top? Yeah, I, I, I don't, but we can look it up. Okay. Um, Thank you. Yep. All right. Um, there are, so Keller 5 has um, 29 students, K through 5. Um, if you click on any of those components, um, Keller 6 has 46. So there are, um, uh, K through 5, there are about um, 100 students. Does that sound right? 12. Yeah, but it was, as Priya said, if you click on each one, you'll be able to determine. 20, yeah, 29, um, so about 70 odd students. Thank you. Cool, thank you, Priya. But yeah, but as you can see, the utilization for middle school. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's what um, sort of balances that out significantly. And then by looking at the projections too, um, it you know, it, it's sort of it's not looking like your color color would be going up. Can you repeat that? Yeah, yeah can repeat it one more time. So you know, this is this is the projections. They're using the projection figures. Um, and again, this is with assigning that fifth grade to Sullivan. So, you know, your Keller enrollment now is uh, looking a little more comfortable because, you know, we increased the capacity of Keller a little bit by, by you know, moving the fifth graders into Sullivan. Uh, no, so, because what was the capacity before, for, it was what? 560. And it, it might have been a typo, so, if anything. Um, I, just, it just seemed, I, don't, I don't understand how in four years it's solved. It's, because the capacity before, at? oh, so 562, so yeah, I think there was just a typo there, so it's 562 in 2027, mm -hmm. what was the 500? Yeah, this this slide here is just a typo. So I think this just needs to be reworked. Or, or it just means yeah. the fifth graders are not included in that. Yeah, the fifth graders are not included in there, so. Oh, this right here? Yeah. Because the fifth graders will be located in the Sullivan. No. Yeah, but the, we accounted for them here because the, uh, let's see. Yeah, I don't know why. I think there's something that might be wrong with this slide. But once again, this is this is the draft form, so it's not the final. And it will be looked through to make sure that there's nothing else that might be off from a numbers perspective. Because what was the projection? Uh, 500. 
Yeah, so can we just double check these numbers maybe? Yeah, so no, that's the capacity is 500, the functional capacity. Um, but is that that's with, what, yeah. with the space that's, from? That's, yeah, that's the capacity right from, in, you know, even currently, that's what we have. Okay. So, so that's, that's correct. One's enrollment and one's capacity. Yep. Yep, but... Like the 500 and the 562 represent two different... Correct, right? but the 500 is the capacity now, or is that the capacity with the annex portion of... It's Cal the general capacity of the building. Uh, yeah, the capacity of Keller doesn't change. It's just that you've moved those students to Sullivan. So that's why it's 449. Yeah, 500 is how many, the most amount of kids that you need to Okay, I'll have to come back to this one. I'm confusing myself at this point. Okay, sorry, just disregard me. All right. Um, yeah, so this is the 2027 projection? Okay. And the projection in middle school. From middle school, yeah. Well, why did they all say five three? Yeah, because I thought we'd move the other way around. Um, I'll have to get back to you on that one. That's fine. <laughs> no problem. Um, all right. Anything else, Priya? No, I think that's it. So okay. this is, you know, this is what. Um, so I, you know. I think it's it's. I don't know how much the um, you know feedback we need from you at this point, but this, these are the three options that the working group is recommending. Um, you know, and, and you know, then I can have Lucas and I'll speak to that. But this is what we have. You know, after looking at all the numbers, this is what made most sense. Yes. Okay, I have I have two questions. One. Um, has the working group taken these three options and sort of lined them up against the guiding principles? So, like, I can see a matrix, mm -hmm. right, where the first one, keep everything as is. You're not impacting anybody, check. Mm -hmm. right? yep. The last one, uh, so you're sort of doing a stopgap, seems to, the math all works, but you still are, like, bussing people all over the place, mm -hmm. and that's, um, so you don't need that. So has that been done or is that like a next step? Not, not as of yet. And I think that those things like that come down to rather than doing it iteratively for every single scenario, I think it's best like once you come to like what are the ones that you want to present, that's when you do that. Because if we did, we would have done that for six other scenarios already. So yeah. it kind of comes down to like how do we rule out things right off the bat and then once we get down to our ones that, okay, these will entertain even further, then do that. Um, same thing comes out with the, the financial piece in terms of cost for busing, that comes in there as well, but you kind of got to drill down and distill it as much as you can before doing it when it may not be, ne may not be necessary. But yeah, something like that. You're also right on track with part of the processing today is to, we mentioned the guiding principles again at the beginning of this meeting, for the purposes of getting feedback on these from you, but also using those guiding principles to kind of examine. So I think I, I um, appreciate your comment around the matrix. Um, and one thing we wanted to do was if you get feedback, make sure that the guiding principles are kind of what we're using as a basis when you're providing feedback at the table. So it's a good, it's good segue into where we're going. Okay, good. Yeah. I, I have, I have yeah. one, 
one more quick um, question about scenario number two. Um, you mentioned that re that relocates 19% of students, and I was curious if there's any data from other towns that have done redistricting, um, if that's a large amount, if that's an average amount, what that might be. Oh, yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a tough question. It all depends on the, uh, you know, the, it, it's it, it's across the board. Like there are some where um, it's a huge number. Somewhere, I mean, they just had to do it, so they moved them. Um, you know, we just recently worked with Holyoke, and that you know, it's almost like 50% of the population is being redistricted because it's a whole different scenario. So it all depends on you know what the situation of the district is um, and what the tolerance level of you know families is as well. So um, hard to um, respond to that question. Um, but um, it's not it's not unheard of. A 19% is not unheard of. Just one final comment on that. The conversations I've had, uh, most oftentimes when a redistricting is occurring, um, it's either when a school is closing or you're building a new school or you're starting to look. So in context to where you are as a community in that process, you may see a large amount of kids move, but it may be for the purposes of building uh, complex or you know what I mean so I think it's in context to every community is different our timelines a little different than maybe some of those examples but yes sir yeah just, I mean sort of springing off of that to the things said and just looking at all the scenarios here it seems like the first scenario do nothing doesn't seem like it works today or in 2027. The second scenario looks like it almost doesn't work as well in 2027, given you get two or three students moving to Keller, you're back over 100%. And you're underutilizing a whole section of the school in a significant way relative to the other middle schools. The third option seems to check almost every box we have with the least impact, solve all of our immediate needs, seems to be a workable scenario for the next five to six years of the data from 2027 to 2028. Based on what you're just saying, the second scenario also has a negative benefit. 19% seems like a lot to me. And as you were just saying, it might not be a lot if we were building in a school today, but we're not building a right. school today. Mm -hmm. And so given that we're not building a new school, given that context, it is a lot, or it does seem like a lot, given that we're not building a school today. You add in the additional fact that down the road, or right now, we're going to be looking at a facility master plan, and maybe, we don't know though, of course, we are going to build a school for five or six years from now. Maybe not. But we could be very well going through this whole process again right. five or six years from now. So when I look at these three scenarios, I go, what scenario gives us a workable scenario for the next five to six years, clearly workable scenario that utilizes our schools, utilizes, as you said, and what's in the scope, the facilities that we have today, and utilizes them to the maximum benefit that we can, while giving us the breathing room, if you will, as a community, as a whole, to look at our facilities, decide what's our path forwards, and then, and only then, after we know what our true path forward is in our facilities, 
truly make a decision on what the district should be like. Because unless we really have that clear path, making a massive change in 19% is a massive change without having that clear picture today. And then to have to do something as big, if not bigger, in four or five, six years from now, maybe even less, so, yeah. is pretty dramatic to this community as a whole. Yep. So it, with all that said, scenario three seems significantly like the best option of all that's presented so far. So I just had a question, like a clarifying question to go off of that. It's the like facilities that was twelve to eighteen months. So like any of these three options, are we is it more likely that it could change within a year to year a year and a half or that five to six year? So it's and that's where it's gonna go with this. Um, because we're waiting on the master if we do two or three the master facility plan output would determine what we do. So if the if this town, when we come to an agreement that we're not, we're not gonna build a new building, at that point you'd be looking at redistricting. So it'd be two years at this point. So it'd be shorter than the five years. Um, if the town says, okay, yep, we're gonna pay the funds to build a brand new school, then I think that determines that. So I think that's the, the big unknown, is when it's gonna happen, um, either wait two years, option two, do something now. It, it, the, the unknown is that mass facilities plan, and that, that's something that we, we didn't know. But the part of this is to go through the process, identify the best case scenarios, and see really what makes sense. And do we, do based off what we know now, are we confident that we would get a school? We don't know. And, and we just gotta, gotta see what's, what's, what's the best. I think it's really, we have to do our due diligence to see what options are there, and, and, and what what are what can we do, what we can't do, and what what could be decided on? I mean, I, at this point, we just have to go through the exercise to see what are the what are our options. Um, not saying one is better than the other. It really comes down to evaluating and see what makes sense. The one thing about scenario three, though, is this is only for the families that are in Davis there right now. So I don't know if we've what's the thought of how long this covers. So like two years from now, we're still in the master facility plan. Is there still that choice? We don't know because, you know, so I think there's a lot of different factors in there that we just have to kind of play through and, and see what makes sense. Um, Lucas, I think Peter was had his <laughs> yeah, hand up. the uh, battery died. We're just yep. getting, but if, I think through that meet, he could speak. Oh, okay. Hey Peter, can you hear us? Or Pete? Yes, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, um, I'm going to reiterate what that gentleman was speaking about earlier. It seems like if in two years we're, we're going to give these kids an option in one of these scenarios to move to Oak or to do the whole redistricting in two, and then possibly in two years move them again. I mean, it just seems like, okay, either we wait and see what the master plan is going to be and then say, okay, now we know there's no school coming or there is a school coming, and now let's talk about moving them or do this number five where we're alleviating some of the overcrowding at uh, Keller 
and then say, okay, let's look at moving kids once we know what that path is. Um, I do, looking at that screen of scenario three, it does seem like the fifth grade is being picked up in both the elementary and in the middle school to balance those numbers. So I suggest you maybe take a look at that and make sure that those numbers are correct because yep. I was confused looking at it as well. Uh, but thanks for the opportunity to speak and uh, great job, everyone. Thank you. But yeah, but as said before, it's part of the process to go through it, see what options are there, listen to feedback, iterate on this as we go, um, and figure out really what makes the most sense for where we're at. Um, all right, so I think that was it for this, the um, story map. Um, what I would suggest all of you do at this point, um, we do have the links to the story map. Um, love for you all just to go through it, take a look at it. Um, any feedback that you see, things that are off, um, would want to hear. Um, we do have a link for a forum to provide some feedback there as well. Um, and we'll use this to just make some modifications as we go, just like we've done throughout this whole entire process, and refine this before we um, move on to the next phase. Anyone else? We're back. Okay. All right, cool. Um, do the online people need the link? Or are they good? They, um, they can see what's being presented yeah. currently. Okay. All right, so folks, um, are we still in a breakout room in here? I don't know. Okay. Okay. All right, so. <clears throat> Ladies and gents, people of all Franklin uh, residents, um, thank you for the, the feedback. This is great. Um, we want to continue this discussion. We've provided the link uh, to a feedback form that's asking really two questions, uh, but you can expand on their open-ended fields. One is around scenario three, your thoughts on that, uh, but feel free to to provide feedback on the other scenarios and then also the story map, whereas um, we've seen some things that we should look at in terms of the data, making sure it's the accurate numbers and it's clear and whatnot. Um, but that's like what we want you all to do as kind of homework um, so that we can make sure that as we're refining it, taking your feedback um, and tweaking the scenarios and what we're presenting to the public forum, it's as best and it can be. Um, and then as we said before, we'll be taking that information um, to the public, we'll get their feedback from the public, we'll refine that further, and then we'll bring it back to this group to kind of say, hey, this is what we've cleaned up uh, before we get to the space needs to distill it down to what they want to recommend and present to the school committee. Um, but it is a process. Um, we don't want to go through this and make the assumption and say, um, this is what we're doing without really putting things in front of people and in, for people to understand what are the options and what are the methodology and, and frameworks that we've been doing to get to the, the end point. End point. Um, so, that's what I want to share. Just kind of represent. Okay, cool. Oops. Gotta love technology. Mm -hmm. 
And we just need to present in the meeting. Hold on. Okay. Share screen. Cool. So as far as what we have next, um, so please in the next like 24, 48 hours, go to that form, provide your feedback so that we can use that when we work with AppGeo to um, make the content updates. From there, um, we do have a date for a community launch, which is where we'll um, distribute information out for people to digest on their own uh, before the public forum. So at least they can go to the public forums having some insight of what's being done, what's out there. Um, and then on the public forums on March 17th, 7th and 13th is really where we do what we've done here and present um, the information to the public at whole, um, have some discussions on what's going on. Um, as Lily had said, both are identical sessions. It's just different times, one's in person, one's virtual. Um, and then we'll have a survey out for the public to provide their feedback. Um, and we're just once again doing it as a, a process so that we go from one idea, we iterate on it as we go, we, we modify it, we adjust based off of the feedback. Um, and it's just con continuous refinement and correction as we go to get to something that can be presented to the space needs and then ultimately to the school committee. Um, and then we'll be back on the 21st with all of you um, to talk. So you, thank you, Al. So you hit on the timeline. We come back together after we've had a chance to get more feedback. So we thought it was important to not just have this group meet, then kind of take it to the streets, and then try to come back. It made sense to kind of circle back as a group. Um, and that's the end of this slideshow. What we wanted to do, just briefly, um, and I just thought if we could do this like we would do in a classroom, but like just a, a brief just summary of your table, just a couple of thoughts that popped out, anything else you want us to be thinking about, but if we could just keep it because we are at time, we just thought we would open it up and um, provide the folks online a share as well. So maybe if someone at, at the table, you don't have to, but if you have something that resonated, shared, something you want us to know as we walk away, the feedback in the forums may be the most important, um, but certainly didn't want to leave without some kind of wrap up at this point. So. Yes, sir. So, I mean, option three seems to be kind of the, the one with the most compromise, addresses the most um, uh, the most concerns, the Davis there, uh, families, their concerns are in that, the Keller um, capacity um, concerns are met. And it, it, just, it just made a lot of sense. So, Thank you. maybe the one outstanding question would be how long is that buffer zone? That's going to be question. Uh, we talk a lot about like little logistical things, um, but I think overall we're sort of thinking any scenario sort of feels like a band-aid with this master's facility family thing ahead. Um, and then just sort of asking about staff input, color staff input, input from the union, and like how would we be supporting staff through this? Uh, staff that have already transitioned. And um, a couple of questions about the buffer zone. So the question, I'm just making a couple notes, but there is an opportunity for staff input. We've talked about that as part of this. Um, certainly, the kids um, was the first layer, but the, we also have to provide an opportunity. We have 
I shared an update to staff and writing kind of timeline, walking through where we've been, put some links to the website. But now that we've had this meeting, kind of as we start to step out, um, we can continue to share information. Um, and, uh, go from, that, that's a good point. The buffer zone piece is something that has to be processed. Some districts don't do a buffer zone. They, they decided that, that they didn't want to do that. Some, we're in a unique situation where we've uh, closed and we're a few years away, so that's it's, it's really going to be context specific to our town and you know feedback and ultimately a decision down the road. So, thank you. We were, we were lucky to have Keller staff representation at our table, and I feel like the Keller staff like has a lot of knowledge about sort of logistically like sure. things that I wouldn't know um, about, like just little things like playground and this and that. And I think that's all important information. I think that applies to any Sullivan too. So we had a few thoughts. The first one being, if given the option in that area to choose, how many families would actually move? So thinking about the families that have already been affected by Davis, the Davis their closure, would those the likelihood that those families would move is pretty low because they're already comfy at Keller. So with that in mind, we thought, what if we expanded the section, and I have the map in my mind, and I know it's not in front of us, but if Keller 5, 6, 7, and 8 was offered the option of Oak or Keller, what if we expanded that? And that solves Oak's problem of under-enrollment. But what if we expanded that and looked at Keller eight, what is it, eight, nine, 10, and 11, or 10, 11, 12, and 13, like kind of the ones off of Chestnut Street, and gave them the option of Keller or Parmenter. That would help solve Parmenter's low enrollment, and it might increase the likelihood of families from Keller actually leaving Keller to go to either Oak or Parmenter. So that was our main And we were also yeah. thinking those neighborhoods would also help provide more stability to the enrollment at Parmenter um, versus the transient population. So seeing that these are neighborhoods, um, and it provides more stability to a school that has a transient population. And I know the other thing I, I was talking about was about being very clear as far as like that choice and like how long those families would have those choice. Would it be just for like the currently enrolled you know, students, or would it be by families? Because you may have, a, you know, one who has a fourth grader who's going to have an upcoming kindergarten. So, just very clear boundaries around. Right. So that's that's. I just want to be clear. That's up for feedback. But I want to be clear. That's not. This all has to be obviously processed and vetted. And there's a lot of different ways that can look, and it's ultimately a decision down the road that yeah. would be teed up for further. Just want to be clear that that's a that's been discussed. Yes. Yeah, it definitely did seem clear though from the review and at the table all looking at scenario three, as you can tell from the top right. that nitty gritty details. So that's the first thing. But regardless of if expanded or what the percentage is that opt for that option, I think two things ring true is one, it would not cost the town any logistically extra money because as you said, they, the busing or the transportation would be on that if they make the switch, which does not negatively impact the town budget. Mm -hmm. That's a good checkbox. Two, there is plenty of flexibility in 
oak in its building absorb additional students, even if a higher percentage did opt to actually go there. So I think that is what the sort of the gist of expanding that zone was. Uh, there seemed to be plenty of buffer in there um, in that number. So that's, even if we're all wrong in our guess, we have a lot of flexibility there to absorb being wrong. Thank you. So we looked at it a little bit differently, looking at our, um, she came up with a great idea, but the concerns about the fourth grader, current fourth graders moving to uh, Sullivan Wing that doesn't have a community area like they have now, and the logistics of what that would look like to them would be so isolating, and there's a lot of fourth, current fourth graders that were DT kids, and it's just another factor. So she brought up a great idea of why not, instead of having fifth graders move over there, why not kindergartners and maybe absorb some of the ECDC there? And we understand that there's things that need to be adjusted based on size of like sinks and bathrooms and all of those different things. But it's um, right now kindergarten playground. You know, we could make things like that work. And then it's not affecting any of the current students that have had any kind of impact, whether it be having to absorb all of these kids or having to be the ones that were absorbed. So trying not to affect any what of them. One thing I didn't appreciate until talking to this group, which is why this forum is so great, is listening to this initially, I'm like, oh, option three seems like a no-brainer, but I really didn't appreciate the fact that you'd be impacting these, some of these Davis Thayer kids again mm -hmm. by moving them. And to me, I just think it's such, such a hard thing to do that. And so maybe option one with a combination of looking at the buffer zone or the survey of thinking, you know, does this family want to go, which I, I understand has logistical. Sure may not be feasible, but just consideration. Yeah. So we have, so want to go to online. So yep. Yep. Uh, you. Ralph, can you hear me? Ralph? Hello. Okay, cool. Uh, you had your hand up. Um, I don't know if you had a comment. Well, I, I wanted to catch people's attention so I could participate in the discussion before because I'm part of the committee, but uh, I, I missed the opportunity, but that's fine. Okay. All right. Sorry about that. Do you wanna, does anyone on, online want to share what they talked about? Uh, any, so yeah, did you hear Mr. Jagir, did anybody online want to share what they talked about? All right, um, so no. Um, so thank you all, I know we've a little past the 7.30 mark. Uh, appreciate your time. Uh, appreciate all the work that you've put in and feedback that you've put in to help us kind of go through this process and really do what's right for the town. So. Um, thank you, and we'll see you on the 21st. Thank you, thank you everyone. We are now producing this in collaboration with Franklin TV and Franklin Public Radio. This podcast is my public service effort for Franklin, but we can't do it alone. We can always use your help. How can you help? If you can use the information that you find here, please tell your friends and neighbors. If you don't like something here, please let me know. Through this feedback loop, we can continue to make improvements. And I thank you for listening. For additional information, please visit franklinmatters.org. If you have questions or comments, you can reach me directly at suresteve at gmail.com. The music for the intro and exit was provided by Michael Clark and the group East of Shirley. The piece is titled Ernesto Manana, copyright Michael Clark and Tintype Tunes in 2008, and used with their permission. I hope you enjoy. By the way, you can also subscribe and listen to Franklin Matters Radio on your favorite podcast app. Search in podcasts for Franklin Matters.